This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The first two episodes of Killing Eve Season 4 are over, but we are just getting started. Talking about them here on Post Show Recaps, the Killing Eve Podcast. I am Josh Wiggler. I am joined here by uh, two assassins riding up with uh, with helmets on. Oh no, it's just Jess and Zed. They're not actually members of the Twelve. No, I came as you in drag. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm just glad that um, I'm glad that you saved a seat for me at the mm-hmm. podcast. Of course. I, I understood that we weren't allowed to reserve seats, but you made it happen. It made it happen. Uh, as we've got two episodes of Killing Eve Season 4 to talk about. Bit of a change in plans. Let's just give you the programming note right away. The new plan is rather than talking about Killing Eve once a week with every single episode that's coming out, we're going to be taking the final season of Killing Eve two episodes at a time. So every other week is going to be a Killing Eve podcast here. I think we've determined that this is right for our schedules and our lives. And perhaps even the conversation about Killing Eve will be better off having two episodes to talk about. Because I don't know, if it was just that first episode to talk about last week, I don't know that there would be like a ton to discuss personally. I don't know. I don't mean to come in so negative right away. I mean, we'd, we'd make it happen because we always do. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's a little bit of a slow start. I think we'd pretty much we'd spend 30 minutes talking about drag Jesus mm-hmm. and 10 minutes talking about the cat. Yep. And then. I don't know, but yeah. we'd, we'd find a way. Uh, yeah, 
leave the cats alone. Zed yeah. would be my take. Yeah, especially black cats. Yeah, no, I know. Was that was that triggering for uh, the keeper of Spooky? Yeah. How did Spooky handle it? Spooky is that. I can't remember what the other. Know. Oh, it was on uh, our flag means death. All of this uh, slander against black cats in the last couple podcasts. I've been on. I'm not it. here for it. We won't stand for it. That is all the credence that I shall give uh, to the topic of the black cat uh, being uh, uh, maimed in any way, shape, or form. Um, but we have to talk about some maimings for sure as we are getting our uh, our feet. Uh, on the ground, we're getting sturdy here with season four of Killing Eve. Two episodes under our belt. Just Dunk Me is the name of the first episode. Uh, and then Don't Get Eaten is the name of the second one. Now, Jess, I feel like that's uh, they're kind of canceling each other out, right? Because you think you're like dunking me into like a glass of milk. And then I'm not supposed you're not supposed to eat me after that. Yeah, I or maybe maybe you want to be dunked until you dissolve and you can be drunk. Uh, don't get eaten, do get drunk. Yeah. That's the move. I think the podcast or uh, I think the show would uh, support that ethos. Yeah, that cookie is not uh, factoring into crunchy mouth sounds. I think that is a That's soggy, a mushy mouth sound. Soggy <laughs> mushy mouth sounds is what we're talking about with those cookies. So, okay, Killing Eve is here. Uh, AMC is doing a confusing thing, uh, much like The Walking Dead is doing as well, uh, where they're airing new episodes on Sunday nights. But if you have AMC Plus, you could watch the next week's episode on AMC Plus. Uh, I have not watched episode three. I don't know if either of you watched episode three uh, no. ahead mm -hmm. of uh, ahead of next uh, the next time that we meet. But uh, that's a pro tip if anyone is not doing this AMC Plus style. If you're really into the Killing Eve. Perhaps that's how you want to do it. Uh, but we've got two episodes. We've got a little bit of a sense of how this final season is going to be shaking up. Uh, Jess, we wondered when Eve and Villanelle, they walked away from each other on that bridge. Would they be, would these crazy kids finally be able to get it together? And it seems like the answer is no. Very, <laughs> a, like a very casual no. Nah. I, I am two for two now on shows coming back after a long yachtus and having the answer to the question will they or won't they be now nah, they didn't nah, they and it's didn't. not important not it, necessarily that they won't but they have not yeah they yeah pretty much no new developments and i hate the no new developments thing like have there be developments yeah uh there's some developments zed villanelle has found god yeah well briefly <laughs> Villanelle it's a new found... development that is already over. Yeah. Yeah. Villanelle has has seen the light, has found Jesus, and Jesus has kissed Jesus, is has killed Jesus. Is just Villanelle, uh, Jody Comer as Jesus. Uh, <laughs> the Villanese was a real surprise to me. Uh, and yeah, uh, uh, kissing Villanese is killing Villanese is killing actual people after. It seems like some measure of time that Villanelle has been trying to stop being uh, a murderer uh, is sort of the Villanelle storyline, Jess, that she just wants to walk the, the straight and narrow. Well, the thing I thought was really interesting about Villanelle's desire to watch this, to walk the straight and narrow was that anytime her own thinking got into it at all, 
she was like all the way off the path. Yeah. Like there there's the conversation she is cooking dinner for her hosts and they're like you made us loaves and fishes. This is kind of literal. And Villanelle says, "Yeah, I don't do well with having to put my own interpretation on things. Right. I'm just going by the book." And indeed the second that she the second that she lets herself get into the conversation at all she's murdering and once again like yeah. that's just who she is if yeah. someone else just calls the shots for her she'd be fine mm-hmm. uh well that's how it's worked in the past but uh she's on her own now uh zed what did you think about this being sort of the starting point for villanelle having crushed the three seasons of killing eve in the lead up to season four did this feel like a uh, a new original take on Villanelle moving into the season, this final season? I mean, the thing Villanelle kind of does best is play characters, right? Like when she goes and does these assassinations, she's almost always playing a character involved in the life of the person she's going to kill before she then kills them. Yeah, She's not the sneaky hidden assassin. She's the very public flamboyant assassin. So in a way she's just playing another character um she just is slipping up because that character that she's playing is not supposed to be killing people mm-hmm. um yeah i take umbrage with the accidental killing of the cat that like definitively did not need to happen no um but i think i don't know it feels like we missed a lot but as jess said what we missed also seems to not really matter because it kind of feels like we're we're back where we were in a lot of ways by the end of the second episode. Do we feel like we have any sense of how much time passed between seasons, Jess? Or are you uh, not sure? I'm I'm not totally sure. I think it's got to be at least like about six months. Mm-hmm. But I just based on like how ingrained Villanelle seems to be in the lives of these people and how on new paths everybody seems to be. Yeah. I think I I don't think they've ever mentioned exactly how long it was, but I think between six months and a year, probably. Yeah. Uh. Well, she she really ingratiates herself with May at least, who is the daughter of this vicar, uh, the vicar of Philbley. Uh, <laughs> I tried, I tried to do it. Uh, They're not all winners, Josh. I know it. Bad <laughs> fungus, as we say, on raised by wolves uh that uh she's like really trying to to turn over this new leaf to the point of uh she's gonna get baptized and at the very least she and eve are still in enough contact that villanelle knows how to get in touch with eve uh via uh uh in a very fancy invitation stationary is impressive zed i feel like uh, but also knows how to actually literally track down Eve at the uh, the Fish Tank Hotel that she's staying at. Fish Tank Hotel, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of details missing here. Like, do we know what Eve's job currently is? Like, who she's working for? She seems to be, like, a renegade rogue. Uh, like, um, she seems like she's kind of just going off on her own. Uh, like, she's like, you know what? No one's taking care of the twelve. <laughs> I'm going to be the one who takes on the 12. But she um, and this guy she's in the van with, whose name Yusuf. is Yusuf, by the way. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it ever gets said in the show. Yusuf. I looked it up. Uh-huh. Um, they're in trouble for missing work. But but who are they supposed to be surveilling when she's bored and then wants to go back out looking for Helene? 
Yeah. I don't know. And like what the invitation got sent to her work. So Villanelle knows where she works. And yeah. now they're yeah, and they're staying at this fish tank hotel. I don't know. I'm confused. It's it's super weird to me that, you know, Villanelle is allegedly like wanted for multiple murders, probably needs to be tracked down and held accountable for her crimes. And yet she's going to mail something to Eve's office. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but she's taking this very seriously. She wants to. Do we think it's because she wants to change so that Eve will accept her? Is that what all of this is about? Is all for Eve? I would think if it was all for Eve, we would have gotten a little bit more there there when they parted ways on the bridge. Yeah, I am uh, just, I, yeah, I'm just disappointed with the amount of Villanelle and Eve and the Villanelle and Eve content thus far. Uh, I feel like it's just, it's a little muddy to me in terms of what happened after that. They, they, they walked away from each other, Zed. They took their 10 paces or whatever. They turned around. They were staring at each other forlornly. Uh, and now when we come back in season four, Villanelle is still trying. And it's odd that Villanelle is the one who seems to be trying to make the, the attempt at, at contact when wasn't she the one who says, let's just walk away from each other uh, mm -hmm. on the bridge. And it's Eve who's like, no, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. So the only scene we get between the two of them is at the fish tank hotel. Right. And uh, when we see them, um, I'm trying to find the exact quote. Oh, uh, Eve says to Villanelle, if you'd really changed, you wouldn't have come here. And Villanelle says to Eve, if you'd really changed, you wouldn't have let me. And I yeah. think that's sort of the crux of their relationship. But that's all that we get of it in these two episodes. They're so completely on different trajectories and objectives, as they're presented to us, at least. Um, that if, if their motivations are at all related to each other, the show has not really explained that to us at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, while Villanelle is, um, on her path of, uh, trying to find God, Jess, uh, Eve, as we've said, has turned into, uh, as they would say on the righteous gemstones, a cycle ninja. Uh, <laughs> she has turned into a motorcycle assassin riding through some small Russian town where Constantine and the only bit of Constantine we've gotten so far has inexplicably just become the mayor of a town. Uh, that this is what he has elected to do um, after being allowed to walk away from Carolyn alive. I thought that he was going to the tropics. I thought he was as well, but I guess, I guess there was something, there was a job offer. Um, Apparently, Russia likes to put murderous villains in charge of things. Um, Very that's true. what I understand. Heard a rumor. Yep. The thing I that thing that was wild about this scene is it, this cannot be true. And I need you. I need you both to to fact check this. Oh God, we got to fact check you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I because I I literally I do not remember. Yeah. I watched. I binge watched all of the first two seasons of Killing Eve in the middle of the panini and I don't know what's going on now, but yep. 
Eve tells Yusuf after this encounter that she has never shot anyone before. Hmm. I know she stabbed Villanelle. I think that might be right. Uh, she stuck an axe in the back yes. of that guy in the yeah. hotel. She's, she Didn't stabbed Villanelle yep. and she axe murdered a man. Um, I think that she has not shot anyone. I think that's correct. I feel like after you have axe murdered someone, there's not a lot of frontiers you can cross as far <laughs> as things that disturb you about your own actions. And yet she seems very shooketh about the fact that she shot him. And I think I arguably Constantine's been asking to get shot since episode one. Well, I think Constantine's reaction to this is maybe the most in character thing to my mind that happens across these two episodes is Eve rolls up with a gun, shows up to Constantine, points the gun at him. He's like, all right, you know, this happens to me a lot. Uh, <laughs> and she shoots him in the hand and his reaction ostensibly is like, come on. <laughs> Why do people always just like injure me? He's you like, know, you shot me in the yeah. hand. You shot me right in the hand. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like Constantine's reaction to everything is is very sensible. But she has tracked him down because she's still going after the twelve. She thinks that Constantine can put Eve in touch with Helene, who is um, her best lead into uh toppling the 12 zed i don't really remember them having scenes together in season three no it was really villanelle interacting with helen so maybe villanelle told eve stuff before they went their separate ways i don't know but there is certainly this obsession this one track mind of get to helen get you know keep shopping doctors until you get the opinion that you want to go knock on the door of helen <laughs> right um yeah, it's uh, that's that's where she wants to go. Is it because she thinks, does she know that Helene is the one who's done these three torturous murders? Is that why Helene is the person that she's going after? I, su I suppose that's possible, uh, but I, I just, I, I don't remember them having any interaction whatsoever in season three. And it just does feel kind of strange that suddenly she's so firmly on her radar here uh in in season four it does just feel like another way of and it's talked about in in the episodes of like just go to villanelle you know uh villanelle will talk to you she'll probably tell you everything that you need to know and she'll you know she'll kill who needs to be killed she'll work <laughs> with you to do the if you want to take down the 12 she's got she's trying she's trying to invite you to her baptism um and it just does feel just like the show doing everything that it can to just like keep them in separate storylines for now yeah, and they both want the same thing, and one of them is really good at it, and the other one could help her find the people that she needs to do the thing to. It really does seem like there's no reason they shouldn't be working together except for the fact that they're mad at each other. But do we know they're mad at each other? We don't really, because yeah. last time they were looking wistfully at each other across across a bridge, and now all of a sudden they're mad at each other. It, it's, it beggars belief. Uh, I yeah. do think that plausibly eve is trying to get to the top of the 12 because the 12 have murdered a lot of people that she loves and it's like if you cut the head off of the snake the snake is dead and she figures like who's who best to know who the boss is than the direct boss of the person that i know works for the company right 
yeah, I suppose that that tracks. Uh, she she shoots Constantine to get some information. He's basically just find out whoever is like a new agent of the twelve, and that'll lead you to Helen. It's like oh, that's a pretty vague clue. Is she uh, in human resources? Yeah. Like, what is her job? <laughs> How am I supposed to do that? Uh, so that's sort of what Eve is left with with Constantine. That's all we get of Constantine through two episodes of uh, Killing Eve season four. Uh, a tragic lack of Constantine Zed is my take so far. Yeah, I agree. And like she walks in there with this gun and is like waving it around at people and they don't seem too concerned that she's like stalking into the mayor's office. Um, we'll get him next the Mayor is the best. The best. Um, mayor. Yeah. Is anyone who's listening to this podcast listening to that podcast? No. We'll see. No. Um, we'll get him next episode I saw in the preview. So that's good. But like it, it, all the moving pieces are in such disparate places He's the mayor in one town, like us in hiding, except not really. Um, Carolyn, who we haven't talked about yet, has gone to Russia. Villanelle is trying to be Christian, except not anymore. Yeah. Uh, Eve is working for some mystery job with Yusuf, but yeah. going after Helen. I don't know. How did they all get brought back together? To talk about Carolyn in the premiere, um, we learned that she is she's in Spain. Is that right? Is that where in she Mallorca, is? In Mallorca, yeah. Yeah, so she's in Spain. She's like kind of been demoted. It seems like a promotion to me. Honestly, I want that job. Can yeah. If she doesn't want that job, can I have it? Any one of us will take that job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like she seems to have a really cushy gig, but instead she actually, it turns out, is still interested in um, in the twelve and hunting them down and uh, you know avenging the death of her son. When again, at the end of season three, we were left in this place where Carolyn threw her arms up and said, "No, there's no point. Uh, the the twelve will never be taken down. And what's the point?" And here, the very next beat we get with the character Jess is she's like. Nah, I think I do. I'm still pretty interested in taking down the 12. I just don't have really the resources to do it anymore. Yeah, at a certain point, she kind of can't just leave it unfinished. Yeah. It's uh, a little bit like they threw out the finale and are just moving from like the penultimate episode into whatever's happening here. Yeah. This is kind of what I've been driving at, uh, is that it really does feel like the, the line, the thread between the season three finale and the season four premiere, I don't I don't really, I don't know. I, I've watched those first three seasons very quickly as established in the preview show uh, as part of the catch-up, um, but I felt like I was really following a line, even if I felt at times the show was uneven and certainly never hitting the highs of that first season. I think that there are moments in season two that are pretty good. I think that there are moments in season three that are pretty good. Um, and even if it was kind of frustrating the amount of, and the way in which they played out the even Villanelle stuff in season three, they at least ended it in, you know, ways that seemingly were pushing the characters into some new places. And it really does feel like they're like, eh, we'll just like completely reboot them. Uh, for the final season. I'm a little disappointed by this. Yeah, it's it's not it's not very satisfying. I'll give no. it that. You know, I just I want I, 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 
feel like uh, let's continue the storyline that we had set up. Uh, And it just does feel like everybody's kind of doing strange, different things. Uh, They've all taken left turns in different directions. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but season two premiere of Picard is very much like this. Interesting. Like the place where they left everybody at the end of season one in no way resembles where they are at the beginning of season two. Yeah. And a lot of the characters are making choices that do not make any sense given what we know about them. Yeah. Um, I don't mind, you know, the show uh, or any show really, you know, deciding to like change your characters and, uh, you know, do different things with your characters. But it just feels like every main character was on their way to do something, whether literally or emotionally. And none of them did the thing. <laughs> so it kind of feels like in yeah. season four premiere. So like, oh, they you didn't were saying- do it. They didn't do it, and they're not trying to do it now. Yeah, okay. All right, so just got to accept it as it is, I suppose. Um, so Carolyn is like, I hate this job. This really glamorous Spanish uh, palace that I'm staying in, it isn't for me. Uh, and so she's trying to like look into the 12 still. Uh, and then a former colleague comes and visits her. This is Hugh, uh, Hugo? Uh, is, I Hugo, believe. yeah. Hugo, yeah, who we last saw bleeding out in a hallway in Rome uh, in season two. It's like, wow, I totally forgot that that was a character that you would bring back. Because the show tends to, like, drop characters. Uh, they don't really seem to uh, feel a need to bring them back, but they're bringing, uh, they're bringing him back uh, probably just to eventually off him, I would assume. I guess. Is anybody all that invested in him, though? No, don't he was care. like He was, like, annoying and kind of sleazy and, you know, Mr. Oxford or Cambridge or wherever he went. I don't care uh, in, this, in the previous season. And so now he's back just to, like, kind of threaten Carolyn? Yeah. I guess? Yeah. Uh, Weird. Yeah. So um, he, like, kind of threatens her because, uh, not even kind of, Shows her like, hey, I saw, I've got the picture of you killing Paul. You did mm-hmm. this, right? And Carolyn doesn't really like fully deny it. Um, it's like, you don't keep poking around. You're causing trouble. Just enjoy Spain. What's the matter with you? Uh, and so she's uh, she's gonna decide to defect to Russia. Effectively, is that it? That's what she's trying to do to like get better intel against the 12 she herself is also gonna go renegade yeah it looks like she's like i don't know if she's defecting so much as she's like turn coding yeah she's just gonna like she's meeting up with this guy and we see him more in episode two but we get this guy vlad and you know good guys are always named vlad so you know this is a solid choice um well it's her old contact from yeah a previous season when they yeah, were there. Yeah. I wondered if we'd seen him before. I couldn't remember because yeah. there's a lot of like very bland guys with oval heads. Um. <laughs> I imagine they would pick a different generic Russian name if it was not the same guy. It's extremely so. confusing if they're bringing back. Yeah. They're, they're all they're named Vlad. Every guy in Russia is named Vlad. And, except yeah, for Constantine. So, yeah, except for Constantine and he's important. So that's how you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. 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 Um, Carolyn and, and Eve are basically going to team up here where Carolyn's like, all right, I'll go and gather some info. I need you to be investigating this as well. People from the 12 are getting killed. 
and tortured and murdered, and we should figure this out. Uh, if we could figure out who's getting killed and we could find out who's doing it, we should be able to to get to the to the head of the snake. Uh, seems to be the plan. Um, so, all right, well, we'll see how that goes. Really did, yeah. We talked about it on the previews. Like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of 12 hunting, I think, in uh, season four. So yeah, that's pretty much like, where it's going. That's sort of your end game. Once you yeah. destroy the 12, there's no reason for the show to exist. Nowhere else so to we go. Can, we can actually take them down. And I love that they're doing this because that means, like, so many shows do not have an end game. And if they pretend they do have an end game, they have, like, many other spinoffs of other shows. Yeah. And this one... They're gonna sew it all up, and yes. they've been building towards something. It's it's very nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see where it's building to. Yeah, um, I liked a couple of the. I don't know. I can't tell if I like this or not, but a lot of the directorial choices, like there's some interesting visuals they do in this episode. Um, like the point where Villanelle goes to visit Eve. Villanelle is wearing all white, and then Eve is like on the other mm -hmm. side of the fish tank wearing gray. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little on the nose, but I kind of I kind of dug it. Yeah, one side is light, the other is dark. The other is uh, ambiguous. They've swapped places. Yes. Uh, sit but down. But she's for ambiguous. We don't know. Uh, yeah. But she also she had the best costumes. Eve had the best costumes this episode because she pretty much got to hang out in soft pants the entire time. <laughs> Look, that motorcycle outfit, that whole like moto suit. Oh, it so was good. cool. That was cool. Oh, yeah. was I, cool. I did think it was cool. Uh, she looks so good. Yeah. Uh, so she's not going to go to Villanelle's baptism, and Villanelle's mad about this. Uh, she almost kills her friend May as a result. She drowns her or tries to in uh, in the. In what is I'm a Jewish person. I don't know what this baptismal is called. The baptismal font. font? Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. I have that in my notes for the question mark. We are not the right uh, yeah. channel of people to be talking. Yeah. I don't know what this I, is. I have religious thing. parents. I think I can I can speak to some of this. Uh, so she's going to drown her in it, and she almost kills her. Uh, and May is going to like you know take her back relatively quickly. Like oh my gosh, she'll will come on this camping trip with us, and everything will be fine. You shouldn't have taken her camping. No. Uh, as we will come to find. Um, well, May, May's problem is that she's a little bit, um, like she has some ulterior motives, apparently. Yes, uh, it would appear so. And uh, doesn't feel good about them, probably, also. Probably not. Probably not. Probably. I don't know. I don't get the sense that these guys, like I can't tell if they're like, you know, happy, all-inclusive, loving, social justice Christians, or if they're, you know, going out and picketing outside the abortion clinic on the weekends kind of christians yes i feel like they're supposed to be neutral to good yes like we're uh, supposed to feel bad at after what happens to them at the end of episode two well it's very gruesome so i do feel bad i do yeah. uh, i definitely feel bad and that. biblical and biblical. yes it is it is some like righteous biblical vengeance um for sure i missed that on first watch but i watched the second episode again today and i was like oh Killed them with a tent stake. Oh, I see. I see where we're going here. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the premiere, uh, having uh, done the bad thing, but not the worst thing, because uh, she didn't kill her. You're uh, still alive. You know, that's good. Villanelle uh, comes face to face with herself, effectively. 
Villainese is, is born. Uh, and, and that is the ending of episode one. Let's take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Villainese's in all of episode two. Stay tuned. In 10 days, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. Don't Get Eaten, uh, Season 4, Episode 2. And yeah, Villanelle is now accompanied by Jesus Christ, except Villanelle. your thoughts but otherwise exactly the same wait one second did villanelle was villanelle just trying to baptize may but she learned about baptism from game of thrones uh could be uh it's possible um she's like baptizing her in the name of the dragon. he's like an iron islander (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. what is dead may never die that's not how it works with villanelle i think we did get yara Greyjoy in the show (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's true alfie allen shows up and i'm gonna be all in on this theory uh, <laughs> uh i need we need to talk about villainizes this we is do. a choice this is a decision that is being made by the television show known uh colloquially as killing eve uh zed tell me about uh your first reaction to villainizes Somebody in the costume department found a pair of gold thigh-high boots and was like, these got to go on the show. I don't uh-huh. care how. We're making it happen. Um, thank goodness. I don't understand what the show is trying to do by having this character here, but it was so entertaining. Um, probably my favorite part across the two episodes because uh, just extremely hilarious, incredible look. Um, I'm here for it. I, I, I do not understand what the like plot purpose is 
or the like, you know, storytelling device that we're, is it because she's so disconnected from all the other people who would reflect these things back to her? Like Constantine's gone. Eve's not there. Carolyn's not even there. Helen's not talking to her. Yeah. She's so isolated from anything that would help us interpret what's going on with her. And to a degree, uh, you know, she's like, she's struggled to, um, she's really struggled to find any measure of empathy with people, right? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, she is, you know, sociopathic. Uh, she is a lot going on with her. And so I think the fact that like she ha- has this pursuit to like find God and what she instead finds is this mocking version of herself as God, that sort of there is this, this self-obsession and self-destructive quality that she can't get away from. I think that that's part of what it's aiming for. It's just very strange to have Villanelle talking to an additional Villanelle and making out with an additional Villanelle uh, four seasons deep into this show, Jess. It's so totally different. Yeah, it's strange. I don't know. I don't know that it's necessarily, I don't find it. I don't find it a jarring pivot to be honest. I think with in the absence of Villanelle having anybody to bounce things off of and she turns to herself, I think naturally the kind of person she is, that is going to be the twisted thing that comes out of her head. Yeah. And I I think I think Zed you got it on you got it in one. It's um her desire to find something else and to have some kind of moral thing reflected back on her and not having anything. And it's just like Villanesis is there as sort of making fun of her desire to try to find that in someone. Yeah. I'm not mad at Jodie Comer having scenes with Jodie Comer. Uh, nope. I'll take it. Know, because Jodie Comer is very, very good. Uh, and I do feel like the premiere, um, loses me a little bit in terms of like the just the momentum going into the final season feels very kind of um just feels sort of i don't know like it's slow you know i think it 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 launches us into the show into the final stretch of the show on kind of like a slow foot um so at that point if like what we'll do instead is have jody comer have lots of great jody comer moments that maybe don't make a ton of sense to me that's fine. You know, uh, I, I think that she's she's just so great. Uh, so if that's going to be the appeal of the show for me moving forward, I think that that's that's totally fine. Um, I did think that the, the whole camping trip was uh, was very intense uh, or. Yeah, intense. I mean, it ended yeah. intense. I mean, there uh, were murders in it. <laughs> there were murders in tents. Yeah. Um, Villanelle is like trying to to reintegrate with May. Uh, and, uh, you know, trying to apologize for, I'm so sorry, I tried to kill you, uh, but at least you're alive, you didn't die, that's good. Uh, and May is going to end up telling Villanelle about uh, how she does not care for her father very much because um, he doesn't talk about the fact that he was um, drunk driving the, in the car accident that killed um, May's mother, And so then they're playing the icebreaker later, Jess, and Villanelle with like big ta-da energy, uh, uh, you know, outs Phil as the guy responsible for murdering May's mother. And like no one in that circle is like uh, cool with that. Everyone's like, well, that's really gross. 
Yeah, but not that's really gross that you'd murder your wife, but that's really gross right. that you'd bring that up. And I think honestly, that may feel like the bigger sin. Yeah. It is possible, Zed, that this person made a horrific, horrific, horrific mistake and has tried to make up for it to some degree. Uh, I think it's like the vibe of the circle, at least, of like, uh, don't like that's really messed up that you would call him a murderer in front of all of us right now. Yeah, and also, of... nobody asked. Nobody yeah. asked you. We're playing a game. Yeah. Way to wreck you're, the vibe. You're bringing yeah. down the mood. We read the room. Read the campfire circle. We were we were doing hot dogs and s'mores tonight. <laughs> we're not doing hot dogs and s'mores now. Well, they are right after right after she reveals that she's like, "I'll go get the sausages." Yeah, yeah, well, they probably are all the like, villanelle's well, we'll, ready to move right on. We'll go to our tents. Uh, we'll just do that instead. Why does uh, Villanelle have a giant palatial tent? Do you think that is like a directorial commentary choice, or is like, or is that really how it is? Because everybody think, else has the same tent. I think she nobody wants to be her roommate is the thing, so she gets like a luxury double tent to herself yeah that could be it could be that it's actually not uh that different from a two-person tent uh it and in fact may be a two-person tent but villanelle has no roommates because <laughs> no one wants to hang out with villanelle she is eventually uh afterwards she's gonna overhear uh may and phil talking about how she's the devil and because Villanelle will never discover the middle ground, she instead... <laughs> no measures. She That's one way to say it. She instead uh, removes stakes from the tent and mallets the stake into Phil and then jabs the stake into, into May. Uh, Zed, uh, for anyone who maybe doesn't understand the biblical significance of this, uh, would you uh, care to illuminate anybody? Listen, it, if you watched the episode, it got referenced in the quiz that they're doing on the bus. That mm -hmm. is the first and only time I've heard about it. Yeah, I did not grow up going to a church that did Bible things, so I uh, no, I cannot, I cannot help you here. Yeah, uh, it, this this is not something like I'm a little out of my depth myself because. I this is not something that most churches spend a lot of time on when it comes to biblical trivia. Uh, they don't talk a lot about malleting people with tent stakes. Yeah, Book of Judges really not not a popular thing in mainline Protestant churches. Although if you Google Bible tent stake, it auto fills in through head. It does. So there's that. Okay. Um, I, I thought that this was shot really well, actually. I, I thought yeah. that this, because, uh, you know, two episodes in and finally Villanelle is starting to kill people again. And so it's like, okay, the show is like settling back into its old rhythms. Uh, and I, you know, we've seen a lot of classic Villanelle callously killing people in the past. Um, this had sort of, uh, you know, real horror movie vibes to it. Uh, but in that Killing Eve signature style of sort of like cool detachment, uh, of her in the tent and uh, seeing almost like, I don't know, Jess is like kind of like Norman Batesy, uh, you know, psycho style. Mm -hmm. Like uh, at least they did. At least they had the good sense to do that off screen. Yeah. Uh, I thought that that was probably the right choice. Uh, it was more cinematic this way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then did she, did she kill Villanese's Zed 
afterwards? I think so. Because I think if I'm understanding it correctly, and I may very well not be, it seems like the implication is Villanelle herself was trying to be good and Villanesis, if that is her like subconscious or true self or whatever, was sort of like masquerading as Jesus because that's what Villanelle wanted. But her true self is a murderer. So it is Villanesis who ultimately led her down this path to killing these two people. Villanesis is Villan- the yeah. devil on her shoulder. Right. Despite being dressed as Jesus, she is in fact the devil. <laughs> because Villanelle says to her, she's like, uh, she said, you said if I, you know, went on this trip with them that like everything would be fine. It would all get fixed. If I talked to May, then everything would be okay. And yet here we are and you knew this would happen. And she's like, yeah, well, this is who you are, basically. Mm. And then she stabs Villanesis with the Ted stake, I believe. And so that would mean that that is who she is. She's like embracing yeah. it uh, to a to an extent at the very least. Uh, are we, uh, is there just no, I mean, this would have been the shot, right? To kind of good guy Villanelle, uh we're really living up the the villain aspect of it by the end of this episode. I don't think that there's a, can you walk back uh Villanelle not just killing these two people in the tent, Jess, but also killing Villanesis. I mean, are we are we madder about killing Villanesis? I'm I'm not thrilled about it. You no, know, if I... we're going to have Villanesis like just commit. Let's have Villanesis for the whole ride. I don't know. I, I that could get old, but I feel like I wanted more villainesis than I got, and maybe that's what the show wants us to do. Like the show wants to leave us wanting a little bit more. Yeah. If we had too much, we'd be upset. Definitely want a little bit more. Uh, villain. What if there's a different? If it's not villainesis, could we get uh, more villain eye though? Could there's we get a, like additionals? An orphan black style villanelle yes, is showcase. Suggesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tatiana or... Maslani, eat your heart out. I'm saying. Yeah. She'd be great on this show. She'd yeah. be great on the show. It's a little late. Like <laughs> I mean, is maybe it? You could be head... just showed up. You could be head of the twelve. Amazing. Yeah. That could be good. I'm here for it. I mean, I I personally I want to see I want to see Helena and Villanelle hang out. That would yeah. be a party I would go to. Uh, okay, so she she leaves. She's also uh, she did this pretty in a fairly high profile way. There's like no no real question of who murdered the people. Yeah, in the this tent. was my question as the episode ends. Is like everyone's gonna there was screaming. Although it seems like there's no lights going on in other tents, but there was screaming. No one liked her. She showed up out of nowhere. And then she left and everyone else is going to still be there. So it feels pretty obvious what happened. Um, I mean, she almost never wears gloves when she kills anyway. So it's like she wants people to know. Yeah. But it feels like it's not going to be it wouldn't be hard to track her down in the real world. You would think. Uh, I mean, how many other people were think. there? Could she just murder all of them to tie it all together? Honestly, probably. Yeah, maybe that's what she did. That's uh, what I would do. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, I think that that's probably the right call, uh, just to get into the mind of the serial killer for a moment. Cover your tracks. Gotta, gotta cover your tracks. Um, Eve, uh, meanwhile, is going undercover 
Uh, she is going to go to Paris, uh, where she has found uh, she has found her way to to Helene, uh, and she is gonna track Helene back to her apartment by way of a secret tampon tracking device. Apparently, I believe but that's the... I believe that's correct. And Helene's like, that's the wrong tampon. <laughs> yep that's not it you want to say why josh uh no uh i would <laughs> love for either one of you to step in at this moment in time would be terrific <laughs> could use an assist actually it would be great it's so specific it's it's, it's highly specific mm-hmm. yeah Yep, yeah. there's some of some of them contain an implement um, designed to assist with the mm-hmm. uh, the kicking off of the process of using the product, and some of them do not. Right. And Helene does not need any assistance. No, she's nope. good. She's good. No help. She's at the twelve. The, the twelve. They don't need help with anything. Nope. Well, you know, twelve times a year, the twelve. <laughs> I get it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's that's where they got the name from. So dumb. My mind is wandering to places I dare not speak. You know, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I'm as shocked as, as the two of you are that I'm the one who's making the podcast dumber. Uh-huh. That's oh, not usually God. my role. No. Uh, none of us are doing a great job to make this it. This podcast smarter. contains multitudes, you know. Indeed. Indeed. It's true. So I've heard. Um, there were some, uh, moments in like the Eve and Helene stuff that I, that I really liked, uh, that were good callbacks, both internally within the episode, the whole, like, does it hurt? Not if I let it from her having spied on Helene and, and the kid. And that was the same conversation that, that they had had, but also like the shepherd's pie, the mm-hmm. callback to Nico. Yeah, I love that. The callback to season one when Villanelle just came over and I, I want, I want to have dinner with you. Um, you know, there was still that sort of quality to it. So, I mean, Eve is not Villanelle uh, and never will be. Uh, but there is definitely, you know, the Eve of season four is a far cry from the Eve of season one for better and for worse. Um, and I think that the the way that they were trying to juxtapose her with um, some of the older, the older era of killing Eve, that that was fun. I liked that. I thought that these were... I think that you can get a little cute with your callbacks and your Easter eggs, especially as you enter a final season of a show. Uh, Jess, this felt like the right level to me. Like, I actually thought that this was, you know, showing uh, the proper level of restraint and homage. Yeah, I think I think the show wants to reward people that are deep into the mythology without alienating people that remember killing Eve is on once a year. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a fine I, line. I really liked the scene with Eve and Helen. Um, I thought that was one of the stronger parts of, especially the second op- episode, but of these two episodes together, because we finally have like a couple pieces of the puzzle in the same place, talking to each other about the thing that Eve is trying to achieve. Um, 
it's funny because in the first episode, Eve is when Eve is talking to Carolyn in the brief moment they have together, Eve says to Carolyn, like, you're playing the same old game of chess and like moving the pieces around and I want to sweep the pieces off the board and like burn the whole thing down. Um, and so I'm curious to see how that plays out over the course of the season, because I think that's indicative of of what's going to happen. But this but the first episode was just moving pieces around on a chessboard to a yeah, large degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's favorite kind of episode. I think that should not be your premiere of your final season. No, I, no. I think the two of them taken uh together uh works better. Um but I I after this you've got six more episodes and that's it. Like I feel like we 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 treaded water more than we needed to. Um for some of the just like the final season energy. Yeah, this is not a 20 episode season of Lost. No. This yeah, is an you know, eight episode season. Let's get going. Murdered, Come on. We haven't murdered anybody of consequence. Not like, enough people a, have been murdered yet, folks. I need Only a major two across event. two episodes, and they were yeah. both at the very end of the second episode. And they were episode. both people we didn't know in season three and have no reason yeah. to care about. Two murders, two hand injuries. That's it. You know? Uh, it's not enough. Yeah. Uh, Eve getting her hand put on the electric stove. Um, that must have smarted. That yeah, was yeah. not comfortable. No. no, that must have been tough. Must have been bad. Uh, but it was a good scene. Uh, I, I I enjoyed that. And the person who plays um, who plays Helen, uh, who is Camille Cotton, whose name I'm probably not getting quite right, mm -hmm. uh, just probably saw her. Pro okay. Just saw her in the in the house of Gucci. She was in the house mm -hmm. of Gucci. Uh, so she is turning against the twelve. It sounds like she also wants the twelve to die, even though she seemed very pro twelve in season three. Again, I feel like I'm missing a piece of the puzzle as to why Helen has decided uh, that now would be the time to strike against the twelve and get out from underneath all of this. Isn't it interesting how every time we find someone higher up in the 12, they're like, yeah, I hate these guys. I want them to die. Let's find their boss. You find the boss and the boss is like, yeah, I hate these guys. I want them all to die. Yeah. Does anybody actually like being in the 12? Uh, I have a feeling uh, the, the person who's in charge of the 12 probably has to be to some extent a known quantity. Don't you think? Yeah. At this point, I can't imagine like you it is, you know, halfway through the final season of the show is not the time to bring in an entirely brand new person and say, this is the person who's been pulling all the puppet strings. Yeah, this is the big bad that yeah. we're going after. Uh, I have this feeling that the show might do something where it turns out that this entire time Constantine was the head of the 12 or something mm. like that. They uh, tried to steer us toward Carolyn was in the 12 right, at one point. Right, right. Um, that does not feel like, because we're we're two in her head right now, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and they and also I mean, murdered her son, so right. I feel like that. Yeah. Well, they wa he, he, he self-murdered, it seems like, by accident. Uh, he he sure. backed away from Constantine. Yeah. Unless Constantine killed him, and then we'll come to find out that Constantine's the head of the 12. Uh, I think that there could be, I don't know. He's, I could imagine some kind of Rhett Constantine. Uh, what is where the whole 12? It was not the plan the entire all time. 12. But mm -hmm. here in the final season, they will make him all 12. Uh, that he will, he will be the guy. Uh, I just wonder. I wonder if it's going to be someone who, who we know, who we've met, 
Or I think the other option is uh, notable casting. You know, that's sort of like the, not, yeah. to, not, not to super spoil it, but like uh, final episode of a certain Marvel show type stuff. It's like, all right, at least like do like big major casting, uh, majors casting, and that might, uh, you know, uh, offset that we don't know who this character is. So like a no- who notable do you want to see? Up. Great question. Who would make a great 12? Kate Blanchett. Oh, that's pretty good. Dame Judi Dench. Also great. Excellent. Uh, Mrs. Hawking from Lost. Is she Eloise big enough? Hawking. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love her, but I don't know. I've, I would feel... Big enough for me. Judy. That would work. <laughs> Tatiana Maslany. Yes. yes. As previously discussed. Yes. All yes, 12. And she yep, she would be all 12. Yeah. 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 You could do this great like Last Supper montage. Yeah. They're all Tatiana Maslany. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh what else happens in episode 2? We'll have an alliance between Eve and Helen. Helen won't make it out of this season alive. No. No. Neither will Hugo. They will both be killed. They've been brought it, back. You think to we'll die. see him again? Yes. They didn't bring him back just to like have him, yeah, you know. It, it would have been he Sir wouldn't have had a Carolyn, yeah. you know, like, He would not have been a named serve. character. Yeah. It would have been random dude number two. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he's on the Russia desk, right? He's I think he has mm-hmm. like a relatively important job, uh, at least as far as how our characters are gonna likely intersect with one another. He's in the mix for that. He's somebody that both Carolyn and Eve know. Eve had at least, you know, they had a physical relationship with each other, if not a friendship. Um, he's somebody who could die. That could be like, I don't know about a final straw for Eve, but another person along the long line of people who've you, gotten You really think off. anybody is supposed to care about that guy? Uh, I, I, think like, that, I think Eve wouldn't be psyched if he died. Yeah, I mean, but, she would be happy about it, but I don't know that she would... Like, yeah. is he even somebody whose funeral she would go to if he died of natural causes? Uh, probably not. not yeah, I feel like she kind of immediately after they slept together the one time was like, yeah, okay, this was a one-time thing and I'm over it. I'm yeah. good. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Yeah, I think um, probably Eve's new um, professional partner slash F buddy, that guy's not going to make it through. Oh, no way. Yeah, he's not going to make it. No. Um. So Carolyn is going to meet up with Vladimir, as we talked about earlier, uh, and uh, she is going to like give up some information to Vladimir to, uh, you know, prove that she's willing to play ball. Um, but uh, they don't trust her still because she's defecting in the first place. So Carolyn doesn't really have a lot of great options here. Zed, uh, she's gonna have a hard time uh, getting into any of this. And also it turns out that the last informant had a pretty grisly ending. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Carolyn's like, I think getting a little bit of like, maybe I should have stayed in Spain uh, vibes. Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of leverage, right? Like she's not connected with any major intelligence anymore. And she's left all of her connections behind, as far as the Russians are concerned, has left all of her connections behind in England or Spain or wherever. Um, and is mostly just relying on the kindness of old old paramours to uh, to get her somewhere at this point. 
It's like that song says, Jess, you can always depend on the kindness of paramours. <laughs> sure. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so that's Carolyn. Um, that's Carolyn. I think that's the first two episodes of Killing Eve, essentially. Mm. Uh, we didn't talk about the rat in a box, but... Oh, sure, there was a rat in the box. It's a rat in a box. It's a bad animal content. In, yeah, uh, not great episodes. animal content. Yeah. Um, was that an omen or a message? I think it was, well, it was a message. It was, it was like, yeah, I saw it. Um, I saw what you did there. That's what it mostly was. Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, the one, I forgot one thing. Yep. This, uh, the end of episode one. Uh, did either of you catch what? Villainesis was watching on TV. No, uh, please say mm -mm. round the twist. <laughs> better, better. Wow, not possible, but okay. No, it was something that was just like a. It was a slow pan across a wall of creepy dolls, and you cannot tell me she was not watching season two, episode eleven of the U.S. Mole. No, stop it. Stop I it. am not kidding. Go back and check. It's not the actual one, though. No, it's not actually Anderson's Funhouse, but I feel like that's very much Villainesis' energy. Uh, uh, yeah. That'd be great. That'd be great. I keep seeing more creepy dolls in more shows now that we've talked about yeah. that season, and all, it's all I can think about every time. We manifested time. it. Apparently, yep. uh, the uh, the most iconic uh, creepy doll in uh, modern-day horror, Chucky, that show is supposed to be pretty good. Uh, people love Chucky, the TV show. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. I'd like to check it out. I'm, I'm not big on creepy dolls. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to check it out. I'd like to see how Chucky holds up these days. Someone I've heard know. there's some good queer and trans narratives and representation on the show, though. So Really? In Chucky? It happened to get mentioned in uh, a little bit on our friend Grace's podcast, Hold Up. They uh, Did Grace somehow... watch Chucky? I don't think she watched it, but they were talking about it in relation to whatever they were podcasting about, yeah. and it came up as uh, something that's going well in current representation for that's queer awesome. people, I guess. That's great. Love it. Love that. Um, all right. Killing Eve, season four, episodes one and two in the books. We will return in two weeks to talk about the next two episodes called A Rainbow in Beige Boots. That's episode three. And then episode four is It's Agony and I'm Ravenous. The episode like the... titles of Killing Eve are always so dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're extremely extra, but I love the So extra. I love the meter of that. It's agony and I'm ravenous. Yeah. I just want mm -hmm. to start getting hyped about it now that the uh the final episode of Killing Eve is called Hello Losers. Yes. <laughs> that tracks. Big like Villanelle episode one, season one energy. Yeah. Hello, losers. Uh, I look forward to that. That'll be uh, the one. Uh, we did not get much feedback. I think people are also pretty lukewarm on the season. But Deidre did ask us, which of those fleeces from episode two would you most want to wear? And why is it all of them? Uh, <laughs> whose fleeces? Eve's fleeces? See, I don't know. Yeah, I love a fleece. I'm not a big fleece wearer, personally. I, I love a fleece. Uh, in Was it people in the woods, like on the camping trip in high school, I, ninth grade, I wore a fleece every day. Yeah, I, was, my, I was that guy. <laughs> my five-year-old just got a fleece vest yeah. and he looks like a little tiny lacrosse player. Oh, wow. <laughs> Lax bro. 
He's totally he's he's rocking the lax bro energy. Nice. Also because he needs a haircut really badly. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. Well, uh, I don't know. Let's see where that takes us. Uh, Hopefully, nowhere good. I gotta I gotta <laughs> nip this one in the bud. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of nowhere good, uh, Jessica Lee and I uh, will be talking about The Walking <laughs> Dead uh, with Chappelle and AJ Mass uh, later this week. Uh, as we will be watching on AMC Plus the next episode. That podcast will hit your feed on Sunday night. Um, how was the episode three of the Walking Dead podcast, Jess? I had to miss it because of the eyeballs. Um, it was a great time. We missed you. Um, we had a really... It, it was... You know, it's always... It's never Very a Very conspiratorial episode yes. of the Walking Dead. It's, it's basically Eugene is searching for the twelve. Yeah, it, it's his own version of the 12. Yeah. I got very upset about a lot of loose ends that were not tied up. Although, I will, spoiler alert, some of the stuff I was concerned about was resolved immediately. Yeah. But I'm still I'm still trying to figure out. I, I want to quote um, frequent feedback contributor Andrew Yu, who had the very good point of, um, if the worst thing in your life in the zombie apocalypse is that you're not allowed to to do your full to do the journalism you want to do to the full extent of what you want to be doing. That's not a bad life. It's a cushy complaint in the zombie apocalypse for sure. Yeah. It's I a, can't it's journalism like the way I want to journalism. Yeah. 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 Lady, there's people eating brains out on the streets. You know, this is not, this is not the highest complaint on the list. Yeah. Some, you know, a few seasons back, they made a guy eat his own foot. So you yeah, know what? It, it's been hard out there. It's not, yeah, it's a hard knock life. It's bad. Uh, Jess, you're also, uh, I believe uh, you and Mike Bloom have beamed up uh, a little bit of Star Trek Picard, if I'm not mistaken. We did indeed. We actually, um, as we are recording this, Mike Bloom and I, uh, a few hours ago, wrapped up our Picard season two premiere recap. So it's all fresh in my mind, but there's a lot of weird through lines across these two things. Yeah. so I definitely recommend people check that out if they are Star Trekly inclined. And I wish we were doing Star Trek every week because I'm having a great time with the Star Trek content we're getting, but we're just getting too much of it. It's yeah, like it's really it's hard lot. to keep up. It's a lot. Um, amazing race is over. How are you feeling? Oh, that's one less thing. Um, amazing race was great. Yeah, miss it already. Couldn't have asked for a better season. Great people. We may have some more Amazing Race content coming in the nearest future, but that is not a given. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> at Haymaker Hattie, for all of that and more, you're not going to miss a single thing that Jess has going on. Uh, Brooklyn Zed crushing video games over at twitch.tv slash hardrockhope. What's going on over there and also all of the podcasts that you're doing? Yeah, we got Chrono Trigger almost done. I've moved on to the second phase-ish, I think, of Final Fantasy VI first playthrough. Uh, So that's what's happening on Twitch for the most part. Almost done with Fire Emblem, but that's, you know, 
neither here nor there. Uh, podcast, what are we doing? Soon we'll be doing our live uh, Chrono Trigger wrap-up podcast on March 18th, live on Twitch at I noon think, Eastern time. Yeah, that'll happen before the next Killing Eve podcast. I'm yeah, sure. so yep. let me throw that out there now for you. One week after Josh Bigler's birthday. Yeah. Um, I am also podcasting about Our Flag Means Death, which is incredible. Pirates. I'm having a really great time with Grace and Sarah Carradine on that one. PSR. Um, <laughs> PSR. Yeah. Um, the wrap-up podcast for Pam and Tommy will drop next week after the finale episode airs on Wednesday. Um, I'm still covering Harry Potter over on YA in the patron feed. Uh, our last episode was mostly me ranting about uh, the inconsistencies and discrepancies between the book and the film of Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. So I've podcasted with Melissa twice since you recorded the Prisoner of Azkaban, and both times she's like, yeah, that podcast is a lot of Zed doesn't like Prince, the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> Listen, everybody knew that's what it was going to be going into it. My takes were not a surprise. Yeah. I am pretty vocal about my feelings about that movie, and now they are recorded for posterity on the YA podcast. Uh, so I think that's where you can find me these days. That's Hard Patreon. On the internet. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash poster recaps for the, for the Harry Potter stuff from Zed and Kevin and Melissa. And yes, at Hard Rock Hope, wherever you can find them. Uh, Twitch, Twitter, um, the most of it. Villainese's new social media platform coming out <laughs> pretty soon. I'm at Ron Howard, wherever you can find me. We will have more Killing Eve podcasts coming your way uh, in two weeks' time. We will talk about episodes three and four. Uh, friends, we're going to have to get some crunchy snacks on the podcast here pretty soon, I think. Uh, something to look forward to. Uh, no, no, uh, no mushy cookies. Uh, I thought I was going to have to travel for work. I was going to bring us back a whole bunch of stuff, but I don't have to right now, so I'm pretty jazzed about that. But all right, well, the crunchy mouth sounds are suffering. Well, we will all have to find some sort of crunchy treat to bring next time uh, to the to the podcast at some point in the next uh, few episodes of the show. All right, more Killing Eve coming your way in just a couple of weeks. Stand by. Take care. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.